Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. State football brought to you by Bet Online on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Jeff Caves in Flower Mound, Texas. Wish I were there in Boise, Idaho. We'll talk about tomorrow's spring game at the uh, Albertson Stadium, where a lot of fans are going to gather to watch and how you can watch it most effectively. Plus, a Titus Young sighting. How did that look? And what could be coming Boise State's way? You never know. Plus, speaking of Boise State, what about the battles with the state of Idaho and how this may be impacting the university? And my own personal story on the Masters, something I've never talked about, a story that hit me when I was there when Tiger Woods won his last Masters championship in Augusta, and I was in the middle of it. Let's get back, though, to the big story this week, an opportunity for a lot of you to go watch Boise State football live, mingle, and get around other Boise State football fans. I imagine that as much as anything is the highlight of hopefully good weather and everything to come with it. It just you know strikes me having been through many different spring balls. Uh, there's certain expectations I think uh, we bring into it, and then there are some takeaways that are much different. Uh, I think most fans will watch the quarterbacks uh, and who they throw it to, who they hand it off to. Uh, occasionally, we'll see a great tackle or an interception, uh, but typically, we'll see a great or a poor throw, a good or a bad run, a good or a bad catch, and sometimes a great tackle, as I mentioned. And there's a lot of other things that are going on, and if you've ever went back and watched a football game on tape, you really have a chance to dissect what went right and what went wrong on every single snap. And you understand and have, I think, a greater appreciation for the fact that there's 22 guys out there influencing the outcome of every single snap. You mix in coaching and strategies and what they were asking players to do, and you really have a story well beyond uh, what you see unfolding as we typically watch the ball. So this spring game, if you're going down to the stadium to watch it, do yourself a favor. Do anything but watch the ball. Anything. Because when's the last time you spent an entire series of offensive plays watching one offensive lineman? Look at a new tackle. Watch the center. Look at a guard. Pick somebody, stick with it, and see how they execute what they do. And then see the results after the play. Sometimes they're not play side on the offensive line. They're away from the play. But if they're away from the play, it's a pass play. 
It's taking a little longer to develop because the read, the first read isn't there and the quarterback's going to the second read and the pressure comes from the non-play side. Well, you'll, you'll maybe you'll know that because you were watching that side of the offensive line. Watch the corners. See how they press on a receiver or play soft, how they come up and attack. Watch a lot of defense. Focus on linebackers. Watch how they come up and meet offensive linemen towards the line of scrimmage or even beyond in a run play. Just watch anything but the ball, and I think you will have a better experience and learn something about specific players on the field. So whoever it is you want to know more about, I would get some binoculars and I would zero in on them. And you'll learn a lot. It's, um, I think, very in, in uh, uh, very educational. Uh, I think it, you know, as long as I've been away from the game, I I think every year there's something new to learn because coaches are changing technique constantly on how they teach people. So you have to get a little more intention from coaching on what they're asking kids to do because sometimes I think we will watch a player with binoculars away from the ball or we're just zeroing in and we really don't know what they're being asked to do. Uh, other times it's pretty obvious if they get crunched if they get hammered or if they don't make a great block, they get blown up, then then I think it's pretty easy uh, to see. Sometimes the defensive backs are supposed to have help and they release a receiver to the inside. Uh, for example, they're supposed to have help over the top as they put it with a safety and the safety's not there and you may think, well, the corner got beat. So just keep some or all of that uh, under consideration, but I encourage you to get the most out of whatever spring scrimmage ensues and I know they have an elaborate scoring structure and nobody really cares about that or at least I didn't let's just put it that way uh, I always was intent on when we had a quarterback situation I think we all started counting snaps and counting you know how many completions and how many were poor throws versus catchable balls and all that and you can do some of that uh, as well another thing about this spring that's cool is Andy Avalos of course and his new energy his new staff and, you know, his connection to the program uh, is really being put on display with these honorary captains, which that isn't new. Uh, it's something that he's chosen to do, though, which is great to get uh, somebody like Alexander Madison or Paradis, you know, active NFL players engaged in the, in the team, in the game, uh, on the field, with the program. Uh, it's very important to uh, not only the program and recruiting and all that, but I think it's important to the players themselves that they feel like they're still a part of things. And I think Andy uh, and his staff are going to focus uh, pretty squarely on that. And at the same time, I know there's a lot of temptation to contrast what Andy Avalos is getting as a reaction from sometimes players on the field right now or former players or even some coaches on the staff that have been around other staffs at uh, Boise State and to say that he's doing a better job than, frankly, Coach Harson and the staff that, that just came in. I just wanted to give some credit to Brian Harson and his staff. They came in under very trying circumstances. And to me, you know, they were replacing St. Pete and – while there were some people that questioned how Pete left Boise State or when he did or why he did, the majority of us went, hey, how could we get much more from the ride that he gave everybody at Boise State? But to replace Chris Peterson was, 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 was what Brian Harson had to do was very difficult. And I'll never forget, you know, that, that 
that spring he came in and he wanted to attack the future and he got everybody back together and he's passing out shirts and you know he kept that going he invited everybody back and he made an effort to do that and he made the time and he had it organized and then he tried some different things in the spring with inviting people back and and getting a lot of former players and he kept that tradition going which coach Pete really started and that does not take away from all the other efforts through the 70s and 80s and 90s of all the coaches who did things for former players and just getting them together. I'm not trying to discount or compare to to all them. I'm just saying I don't think it's fair to just say that, you know, Andy's doing everything the best and nobody's done ever anything like what he's offering. That that's just not accurate because Andy was a part of a lot of those great things, but I will say Andy's personality is different. And he is an engaged, open, naturally social guy. And I don't know that I can say that about Coach Harson. I think he's engaged. I think he's very driven to his agenda, though. He can hear what somebody else is saying, but he's not driven on a social level. And I don't think Andy is either. He's very purposeful with his, his motions, but he still has a different sort of playfulness or childlike manner or engagement level that makes him endearing to most people who come around him, across him, and want to play for him. So all credit should go really to Andy, and that'll be fun just to see how he handles himself in this situation as well. Hey, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, and the Masters is here. I'm going to talk about my own experience at the Masters a little bit later. Bet online has you covered, though. News, scores, odds, best way to place your bets, and it's all free to sign up. So head over to the website, betonline.ag. Use your mobile device to sign up today and get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. Before we get into the great story, at least, as it looks so far from the outside about uh, Titus Young, uh, we'll remind you that coming up, we'll get into the storyline that isn't so great. Boise State's battles with the state legislature uh, but this story about Titus Young just really came out of the blue. Uh, I, I think most of us were minding our own business on Twitter uh, today, Friday, as I taped this. And, you know, there's a picture out of the blue of Titus Young, the former Boise State wide receiver, right next to his old position coach, Brent Pease, who was uh, back at the University of Montana. And... How does Titus Young get into Montana? I, I, I don't know the details about all of that. Uh, I can tell you, though, that there is some relationship between Coach Pease and Titus, uh, one that Titus has seeked out. And while it may seem to some of us uh, that this could be a, sort of a reunion tour that, that Titus is on, uh, I don't know that, that uh, we should go that far. Uh, I think Titus... Uh, that may have been a one-off, sort of a, a first reconnection to his old life at the collegiate level, at least. And from there, uh, there'll be some outreaching, I'm sure, to you know former teammates and coaches and, and others that sort of had Titus Young in their uh, relationship circle. And we all know that the tragedy and the, the self-inflicted harm and, and, and the, the challenges that Titus had as his professional life sort of 
was really burned down by all his personal challenges, and we've really lost track of Titus Young's off-field life and personal life uh, when his father got reinvolved to try to sort of stabilize Titus. So that's a great sign to see Titus there with Coach Pease. And I'm going to say that it's the uh, beginning of a new beginning, but don't expect him to be showing up at Albertson Stadium for the uh, spring game tomorrow. Uh, most of these schools are postponing any formal reunions because of COVID. And so there's no gridiron get together that we've had in the past officially, but I still think there's going to be a ton of former players around uh, Andy Avalos to check it all out. But we all have great thoughts and great memories of, of Titus Young on the field. And none of us, for the most part, really knew what was going on with, with Titus Young off the field. Those closest to him, coaches, families, teammates, they knew that there was something off. And I'm sure his teammates with the Detroit Lions really picked up on something not being there. And then we all started reading about some of the challenges that he faced. Uh, but I, I like to look back at just the talent that he displayed to anybody that wanted to watch as a wide receiver at Boise State. I think he will go off as the greatest deep threat in the history of the school. He did some other things really well. Uh, Boise State really was fortunate that they even got Titus Young out of Southern California because Florida was on him, and they came in late on him, and, and he stayed true and went to Boise, Idaho, and, and the rest we all know about. But what a great story if this continues to unfold. You can go check out my at Jeff Caves Twitter feed to see the picture of Titus with Coach Pease or check out uh, Brent Pease's uh, storyline. We'll get to the story about the, the battles with the state of Idaho for Dr. Trump and Boise State and what this all mean. But uh, here's something you didn't know about me. I don't really stay asleep that well. I'm really good at falling asleep, but I, I don't stay that way. So I'm always looking for new ways to get my act together. And when I'm struggling to get back to sleep at 2 or 3 in the morning, my mind's racing to what I didn't do, what I need to do, blah, 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 blah. So if that's relatable, you know it sucks. So that's why I found Sunday Scaries, and I realized they make products specifically for overthinkers like myself who can't get back to sleep, or maybe for some of you can't get to sleep. And Sunday Scaries CBD gummies help me decompress, clear my head, fall back asleep so I can actually wake up a fully functioning human being. And right now, there's no risk to buy. The company offers a 100% lifetime money-back guarantee. If the product's not for you, it's okay. You'll get your money back. Sunday Scaries, stress relievers. They're in the stress-relieving business, not stress-causing business. And I got you. 25% off to prove it. Visit sundayscaries.com. Use my promo code CAVES for your discount. That's promo code CAVES for 25% off at sundayscaries.com. They're amazing, and you won't regret joining their squad. Before I get to my personal antidote on visiting Augusta National and going to the Masters when Tiger uh, last won uh, a Masters championship, this story is playing out, has a big impact for the Kingdom of Pod, Boise State football, of course, is the budget at the state uh, for Boise State University overall. Now, I thought this was a done deal. They had a budget that was getting voted on, uh, had passed through the Senate, got into the House, and this is all rubber stamp stuff. They already went through their arguments at the Joint Finance Appropriations Committee level. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, uh, the person who put the, the whole thing together, um, Paul Amador, who's a Republican from Coeur d'Alene, um, got up and, and said, hey, uh, why don't you guys reject this budget 
and send it back to the drawing board. And there was a lot of debate that started coming in and people were uh, very upset about this critical race theory or socialism or teaching communism or even something Marxism in, in schools in Idaho and specifically zeroing in really on Boise State and what they think is social justice ideology and Boise State's concern in promoting uh, that particular item. In fact, remember, they were so upset about it. Uh, Ron Nate from Rexburg and others led the charge and cut $409,000 from Boise State's budget, gave it to Lewis Clark State College, and that was because they felt Boise State was promoting social justice ideology, uh, activities and curriculum, etc. They actually wanted a $4 million cut and he has suggested again a $4 million cut from the budget. Now, I don't know if Nate's uh, budget cut request is for the entire uh, budget for all four schools or just Boise State, uh, but there is argumentation at that level, and it's too bad to me uh, that these, these uh, individuals are saying that they're in step with the entire state of Idaho and that they don't think that the universities are really doing things and making changes, as they put it, uh, to make them individually or them that live in Rexburg, Idaho, comfortable about sending funds to higher education that what they say don't match Idaho's values. That That's a long argument. I'm sure for everybody it's difficult. I was concerned that additionally, the lieutenant governor's piling on here. Janice McEachin uh, came out this last week and She's gotten money together, and they're going to assemble a task force to examine, as they put it, indoctrination in Idaho schools on how they're handling critical race theory, socialism, communism, and, and she even put it out there, uh, Marxism. Now, <laughs> this is a broader issue, um, but Dr. Marlene Trump is sort of the lightning rod for these legislators, uh, and they're really putting her up on a stake, I think, and Boise State's budget's being attacked. How Dr. Trump reacts to this personally uh, is one thing. How she's handled it professionally is, is quietly. And you could imagine how difficult it would be for anybody to be under attack uh, for this. Uh, this is where everything is at now, so I don't think we're too overly surprised. Uh, but it's coming at a very difficult time financially for the university with, with COVID and all the different budget challenges that they've had over the last couple of years, really, and they're going to have uh, for the next year as well. Uh, how this ultimately affects the leadership and Dr. Trump's role as a leader at Boise State, that's to be determined. Can you imagine if you were in her shoes overcoming these difficulties with this kind of leadership in the state legislature and... In the House, it was a 57 to 13 vote to overturn the budget and send them back to do it again. Now, I'll be interested to see what they come back because some of the wording with which they said they wanted it redone was they did not want so many tuition fee increases that the students were paying. So I, I don't quite understand. There's a lot of messages that they're sending there. We'll have to see exactly what happens but it's concerning. It's it's not it's not an easy road here. Uh, leaders can be polarized and and can be difficult for them to get things done. I know there's been behind the scenes uh, individual here or there that were significant donors to the university that aren't happy uh, with the, some of the curriculum that's being taught. 
I don't know that it's much different than the curriculum that was taught five or ten years ago. You'd have to dig deep into every course that's been offered at Boise State to figure that out. I think that there are many different campuses across the country in collegiate in, in college education that try to open the minds of students and broaden them. Uh, every generation of thinkers has brought in something controversial, new and different. And that's where we are now. And I feel like sometimes the older we get and the more of our elected leaders that are maybe outside of Ada and Canyon County, right? Out of this area, some of those elected leaders, maybe they're not evolving. They like things the way they were, small, rural, quiet, uh, controlled, conservative, however they see their world. And they don't see it the way some of you who are listening to this in in a major city across the country or world in some of your cases or living right there in Boise. So it's a it's a concerning situation and it's for the to me for the office of the president of Boise States where my concern is at in how she's going to be able to get fundraising done, how she's going to be able to move the university forward. It's one thing to caretake and right now with where the school's at and COVID and the reemerging uh, economy, you know, it's it's not as critical to me because even if you had out of the box great ideas and super relationships, a lot of personal fortunes have been affected in the last 12 to 18 months and will be for the next 12 months. Now, some people's personal fortunes have gone up depending upon the businesses that they were in. And you can say that, but I think the majority of people, there's a lot of caution in how they're spending and what they're doing with their don uh, their money. And I know a lot of the, the donors at Boise State if you look at the percentage of the biggest givers, they're at a different stage in their life. They're they're much later in years. They're not very maybe cash heavy. They're not into businesses that are producing tremendous cash flow or taking big salaries. They have big assets at this point in their life. They own a lot of different things. And until they liquidate those holdings, there's not a lot of money to go around. So they do need a new generation of donor to be coming into the university. But it's a rough climate uh, to get all this done, and I don't have that answer. Uh, I don't. I think it's highly unusual that you've got a president, though, that is being essentially beat on by the legislature, and Dr. Kaiser had some rough moments with State Board of Education members. I don't recall as much confrontation at the state legislative level, but things have progressed quite a bit uh, since that time. We're talking 30 years, so I don't uh, wish any ill uh, on Dr. Trump, but I think her work is more than cut out for. She may need some sunglasses like me. Just yesterday, I was going to grab some sunglasses in my car. It was too sunny. I was having trouble seeing, but my sunglasses were too dark. They were uncomfortable. I couldn't see, so I couldn't see as well. So I just dropped them, uh, put them down, and I just went on and suffered. And what I should have been doing is I should have grabbed some Canons. Canon sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. Uh, they're made with Japanese optics that make their lenses clearer, lighter, and stronger, and Italian handcrafted frames uh, that are impossible to scratch. So use this exclusive code and test them out. Test them out. The Canon Cast 15 at canine.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's K A E N O N Cast 15. Canon, clearly better. All right. We know the uh, Masters is going on right now. And I had an opportunity to go to the Masters uh, the last time Tiger Woods was competing. It was a couple of years ago that Tiger uh, won. 
at the Masters in 2019. It was his first major in 11 years. It was his 15th. And I was there. I was the guest of Tyler Frizzell, a longtime friend of mine who had been to several uh, Masters. And I, I was lucky to, to basically get in on his last trip back there and you know, to, to say how we did it and, and how that all unfolds, that's a whole different issue. And that's all on, that's all Tyler Frizzell and what, what he was able to provide for myself and many others that, that came from all over the country, really. And what was really special is that with this invitation came passes to go to Augusta National in 2019 on Saturday and Sunday. So we guaranteed we would be there. Now, at this time, this is in April, I had already made the decision with my wife to leave Boise and move to Dallas, Texas. I didn't know where I would live yet. I had no idea, but we'd already made the decision. We were moving. We were leaving. We had not, uh, I think we had listed our home by then or close to it. Um, no, we hadn't listed it. Excuse me. We hadn't listed it yet. We knew we were going to ultimately, uh, eventually. It would be a year later when we ultimately did. And so I'd already made this decision. I knew I was going to just basically do a, a 180 and say, okay, I've done what I've done is what I've done. What else can I do? And that's why I'm here. What else can I do? And it was a risk, and it is a risk. I can tell you it's, it's much different in starting over at this point in my career and starting in a new complete career track and all that stuff. So I took a risk and I knew the work that was involved in doing that. What does this all mean and how does it relate to the 2019 Masters at Tiger One? For those of you that have been to those kinds of golf tournaments, um, a major on a Sunday, I want you to multiply it times 10 because Tiger Woods was involved and we were at Augusta. And we were also faced with all kinds of storm warnings. There were lightning strikes. There was big thunderstorms. They even moved up the tee time on Sunday for everybody because they were trying to get the golf in before the storms hit. So that was kind of in the backdrop. On Saturday, my first day ever going to a, a PGA golf tour event, I followed the advice of Tyler and some of the other experienced people in my group and how I watched it in strategically going to certain holes and then knowing when to leave and get to another hole all in time to see the golfers get to that hole. And it wasn't about Tiger or any other golfer at that time for me. It, it was about just checking out, getting in the best position to see golfers come into a particular hole. And what I realized while I did that and took that approach is that I really only wanted to see Tiger. I, I really was there to see Tiger Woods. And you know, that's almost impossible because when you commit to watching a specific golfer like Tiger, for example, you're going to miss holes where you can't get close enough to see. So you can essentially decide to watch him putt out on one and then run over to three if you want to watch him tee off or however that works. So it's not about those specifics, but Tyler and his experienced group said, if you want to chase him, Jeff, go ahead. But it's extremely difficult. And so I just said to myself, I'm going to try it. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to try it. It's unconventional. 
Uh, it's, it's risky. It's a lot of work. It's a tremendous amount of running or jogging or walking or however you want to put that. It depends upon how you do it. Uh, but that's what I chose to do. So as Tiger is, is coming in on uh, 16 and I see him, and, and by the time he gets to 18, it's a coronation. And I had to make a decision on, did I want to watch him win the tournament on basically 16 or 17 and then skip 18? Because I couldn't get there anyway because so many people camp out at 18. And I said, you know what? That's what I'll do. Because I can't just go to 18. I'm already too late. There were people that were at 18 the day the thing opened. They just stayed at 18. So to get to be able to see anything at 18 is almost impossible. So I went the other route and saw Tiger on 16 and 17. And I looked at 18 as Tiger hadn't even teed off yet. And I he was just getting off of 17. And I said, what am I going to do now? Here I am. So close, I want to see Tiger tap out and win the Masters. But I look over at the 18 green, and there might as well have been 50,000 people around a golf green. And I said, you know what? I'm all about change. I'm all about taking a risk. And really, what I've learned through what I've done is I'm really now having to dig deep and stay determined, committed goal-oriented, positive, optimistic, have a game plan, don't take no for an answer, be tenacious, dig through things, go, 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 go. So I said to myself, I'm going to go for it. And you'd only have to imagine the biggest sea of humanity that that you've seen, and then you're going to try to go through it like a needle in a haystack to get as close to the front of the crowd as possible so that you can see a golfer. So that's what I did. I saw this big crowd. I And it was humid. It was threatening rainstorms, lightning. It was a, quite a scene. It was one of the most anticipated, I'm sure, holeouts in the history of golf for most of us in, in this age group. So I find out that I can get at least within 75 yards of getting to be able to see. And here comes Tiger. He tees off and he gets in the fairway and then he gets close for a chip. And I'm thinking, okay, time is running out. I got to make a move. And to burrow down like a squirrel almost and go underneath these people to get that close and be pushing them out of the way and, and be forcing yourself in and pushing others out, I couldn't emotionally get to that point. I just couldn't do it. I, I, I couldn't be that guy to go that far, but I went far enough. I burrowed my way. I looked for little creases. I had my head completely down, and I was literally crawling through humanity uh, in a crouched position, timing my burrow to when I thought Tiger would be attempting his putt out. That's what I was trying to do. And that's what I ended up doing. And when I stick my head up, uh, kind of like a squirrel uh, hitting, uh, coming up through the, the hole, like in Caddyshack, I see Tiger Woods is about ready to putt out. I'm talking to people around me, trying to figure this out. They're trying to figure it out. There's 20 different languages going on. I can't understand any of them. These people are from all over the world. It's humid as hell. 
And there's a tremendous energy in this group of people. So I figure, though, I know that when he lines up for putt, how he does it, one practice stroke, two practice strokes, he spreads his feet out, and then he gets going. So I can kind of see that underneath. And I figure when the roar of the crowd goes, Tiger will... I will have known he hold out, and I want to see his gesture. I want to see his emotional reaction to having just won his first major in all this time. So I hear the crowd. I, I can't quite hear the ball. I'm still about 25 yards, as I later turned out and found out, from the final hole, and I jump up. I literally jump up on my, I'm on my tippy toes and then I get down and I jump. And at the top of my jump, I look directly across from me and Tiger Woods in his red Nike shirt and his black hat has his arms above his head in that triumphant sort of yes mode where both hands were up in the air. And I saw him in that instant that I was at the top of my jump. And then I came down and I didn't see a damn thing. You know, That was it. That was my only moment. People are crying. People are sweating. I'm screaming for Tiger. It's complete pandemonium. Something I have never experienced before. The turbulence of the people involved was surreal to me. Sort of like where my life was headed. Quitting a profession I'd done for 36 years. Leaving a town that had been so great to me and I'd done enough and, and, and had a comfortable existence and all this stuff. And I threw it all up in the air and said, I'm going to go try to do something better because I'm not done yet. I'm just not done. I want to try something at a different level and, and I'm going to go for it. And that's kind of what I did there. And I forgot about most of it, and, and I walked away, and people are crying, and I'm sweating, and just, I couldn't believe what I'd just seen. Everybody looked at each other and was incredulously asking each other, total strangers, can you believe what we just saw? He actually did it. And then it kind of breaks up, and then the sirens go off, and you, everybody had to leave the course. There was no secondary ceremony. I couldn't see the green jacket ceremony because they told us to get the hell out of there. Lightning strikes were coming. You can get killed. So I do all that. I know this is a long story. <clears throat> I get home, uh, back to the place that Tyler has provided to us and, and, and have just a great meal, southern fried chicken and stuff. They, these guys treated us so well, I, I can't even begin to explain it. And my son Taylor sends me a picture on my phone. Dad, is this you? I, I don't know what he's talking about. And I look at my phone and I look at this picture and it's one of only one of at least two or three different iconic Tiger Woods pictures of Tiger on the 18th hole at Augusta having holed out and won his first major championship in 11 years, his 15th green jacket with his arms over his head. And if you look straight on, you see this dude and if you know who you're looking for, my timing of my jump 
was exactly perfect because I'm in the picture of my life. I'm in the greatest shot I've ever been in. I haven't taken a lot of pictures. And I made it. I actually achieved a record of having done it, of having seen Tiger Woods celebrate, and I did it the hard way, and it worked out. And for me, it was symbolic. It was extremely motivating that I can achieve something. I can do something I don't think I can. I can just put my head down and work through it and continue to try and then take a risk and it can pay off. And heck, in that case, it was even memorialized. I have the picture. I, sometimes I put it up on my Facebook piece and take a look at it. I know that's not Boise State football, but I've never told that story. And it was a deeper meaning. Uh, and I didn't really have the, the, the forum to, to do that appropriately to get to that degree uh, of the story. And, and so... I thought it was a great story about never quitting and going for it, and, and uh, that's where I'm at now. So I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you enjoy the Masters, albeit without Tiger Woods. Uh, this is another edition of the Kingdom of Pod. If you like it, pass it on. Uh, please rate, review. You can check it out uh, online, wherever you download your podcasts, and uh, pass it on to a friend. If you'd like me to email it to him, you can go to our Kingdom of Pod uh, mailchimps sites dot uh, com and i can send it to you uh, by email the kingdom of pod is presented by bet online enjoy the masters talk to you next week without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.